What's up, my confidence queens? Are you ready to feel confident as fuck? I'm your host, the confidence queen herself, Alicia Lechuga, and I am your confidence bestie. I went from trying to shrink my body in order to find happiness and approval to finally letting go of dieting, others' opinions, and inspiring hundreds of women along the way. This podcast is all about confidence, living unapologetically as yourself daily, and ultimate self-love. This is Confident as Fuck. Hello and welcome back to Confident AF. I am so excited that you are here today. Sarah is my guest today and I am so excited to have her on. Sarah and I actually met in the online space. I don't even remember how we met each other, but we both just vibed. We DM'd each other and that's why we are here. So I am so excited to introduce her to you guys. Sarah has an amazing story, which I think you guys are really going to resonate with and I can't wait for you guys to hear it. We actually got right into the episode, so I'm recording this after the fact to give you guys kind of like a little preamble to the podcast, but I hope you guys like it. I did that last week as well. If you guys took the masterclass last week, thank you so much for taking the Creating Community with Confidence Masterclass. If you did not take the masterclass and you don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, you can go to the link down below. You can either purchase the replay or there is an info page down there below for my four-week course called Community Queen. I am really excited for this course. All the info is down below. We don't talk about it at all in this episode, but I wanted to mention it to you guys. I'm trying to do better about mentioning on the podcast the things that I am offering. So that is an offering for you guys down there below. For the podcast listeners, I'm doing a special discount that'll also be in the show notes below for you guys. So make sure you take advantage of that. I cannot wait for this episode. So let's just get right on into it. Everyone, welcome. Sarah. I am Sarah. I am 25. Um, I am a stay-at-home mom to two kids. I have a daughter whose name is Emiliana. She's four. Um, and I have a son named Roman who's two. And um, yeah, I am a wife, a military wife. So we are bouncing around always. Um, and I wanted to start my page to be like, you know, with the women's wellness kind of category, but really just branching out to any and all women um, that I possibly could just to share my experience and my journey um, with my weight loss, but also with my mental health, because I feel like if it wasn't for me working on my mental health, I wouldn't have gotten where I am today and where I want to be and keep going. Um, So yeah, that's just kind of my mission is just to really connect with women um, any which way that I can and just inspire them if that's with the weight loss or then the work on their mental health and just connect with themselves as a woman again because I lost myself for I got married really young I got married when I was 20 um and I moved from New York to Mississippi and then I was already pregnant like within the moving um and in that experience I really did like lose a sense of myself and my womanhood um so a big part of my page is just reclaiming yourself as a woman and you don't have to attach yourself to these titles as a wife as a mother as you know all these things that we feel like as women we have to be those things and I felt like I just clenched onto those titles for so long like that's who I am that's I have to be the best mom and I have to show everyone I'm the best mom and that I'm a great wife and like where does Sarah fit into Mm. that you know and I really did um, get lost in that for a while. And then with the weight loss and everything, I started to 
piece those things back together. Um, so for me, it is so important for women to just like grasp that from my page more than anything that, you know, before anything, we need to be there for ourselves as women. I love that so much. That whole Mm -hmm. entire, like losing yourself, it happens to, I think pretty much all of us, I think can relate to that in a sense, like losing us ourselves in a relationship or having kids or moving. And then like moving across the country is like one of the hardest and the biggest like growth things that you can do because it really makes you feel like, oh my God, like, like you're totally different. You're by yourself. You're like isolate, you're away from your family and friends. Like it, um, it's huge for growth. So yeah, I'm so excited. That's exactly how it was for me. It was definitely like I was living with my parents around my friends 24 seven and like that sense of identity of like, you know, that's who I was. And like, I was doing my own thing. I was working, I was going to school. I was, you know, doing my own thing. Um, and then just that huge life shift. It was definitely, definitely crazy. And now we're in DC. So we moved from New York, lived in uh, like Mississippi for five years. And now we're in DC and I'm working through it because it was like towards the end of us living in um, Mississippi, I had just started like my spiritual healing journey and then we changed locations and now I'm in such a weird like funk. It was like, I felt like I was like getting somewhere so close and now I'm like, I have to channel this like new environment and everything because it's so different. Like I was very well adjusted to the slow life and the Southern hospitality. And now, you know, like I'm, I'm here in the East coast again. And like, sometimes people are like, you know, just East coasty. And I'm like, oh, they're not being rude. I forget. I'm just like not in the South anymore. Yeah. So it's a lot. It's definitely a lot of changes. Yeah. It's very different from coast to coast. Um, yeah. So for those of you who don't know, this is Sarah. She is, um, (laughs) this is Sarah. You did, you did say that in the beginning, but yeah, this is Sarah. She is a online friend. So we met online. I don't even remember how we really found each other, but, um, we were just saying before we started recording, we were like, we just loved each other's vibes. And I really loved that you were showing not only weight loss and, um, your journey through that, but also, like you said, the mental health aspect of it and showing like connecting to other parts of yourself instead of just these titles. And I love how you said that because I think we can definitely, um, cling to, like you said, motherhood, um, you know, wife or these titles that we have and we can lose a part of ourselves. So I love that you are integrating that in your page and I love to see it. So thank you. Tell us, um, talk to me about, um, your weight loss journey and, um, where that started, what was the catalyst for starting that journey? And then kind of talk me through it and where you are now. So I started, um, my weight loss journey a couple months after I had my son and I had gained a lot of weight from, um, preeclampsia and gestational diabetes. I was bedridden for a long time with that pregnancy. And afterwards, like my hormones just like could not get it together. And I felt like I was suffering because I was doing the yo-yo dieting and just like the toxic diet culture things. And, you know, trying to work my ass off six days a week in the gym, which was just, and so unhealthy mentally for me where I was at. Um, Cause I felt like I had to, because if I didn't like 
I'm just never gonna feel healthy or feel like, you know, I'm doing something for myself. And um, once I got, you know, to a point where I just realized my hormones are not going to do anything, I started looking into weight loss surgery. And I had already known someone that had gastric sleeve surgery and was successful. And they were just telling me about how it helped their hormones as well. And like, you know, changed everything for them, um, <clears throat> not just with the weight. So for me, I kind of just like locked in and I was like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. Um, and I brought it up to my doctor. And then once we started doing the process, I got like, was doing tests and things like that. And he brought up like PCOS to me. And then I was like, oh, this makes so much sense because just looking back at my medical history, I was like, okay, I've probably had this for like a really long time and just did not know and didn't know what to do for it. Um, so I got the weight loss surgery, the gastric sleeve in September, September 20th, uh, 2021. And from there, I just started losing weight and trying to really mentally get into the shift of, you know, what this lifestyle for me is going to have to be for me to be successful. And one of those things I actually started doing before um, I actually had the surgery was going into therapy and talking about my relationship with food, um, the things that I know are going to be triggers for me and are going to be tough for me to learn on my own after the surgery, because it happens so fast and the weight like coming off happens so fast that <clears throat> I could easily get lost in it and try to do it on my own. But I think especially for women, it's okay to know that like you need help and to ask for help. And that's one of my big things now is that I ask for help without explanation. Even if it's like with my husband, oh, can you help out with the kids? I'm not gonna say, oh, because you know, I did this, this and that, like just help me because we need the help. Um, so for me, it was just really going into that process and trying to figure out um, how I'm going to be able to take care of me mentally so I can physically, you know, get to where I want to be. And in the beginning, it's, you know, it's kind of mixy because you're losing weight, but at the same time, we just want that instant gratification. We just want it to be where we want to be, but there was no I guess, significant amount work done as far as like my mental health and changing my lifestyle, learning the new eating structure because there is a restriction with the gastric sleeve. Um, so yeah, that's, that's how it started for me. <laughs> yeah. So when you did the gastric sleeve and then, like you said, you went straight into, or before, I'm sorry, you said that you started working on your mental health. Yeah. What was the what were the, some of the things that you did for mental health? I know you mentioned therapy. Did you do other things to? Um, so for me, I, 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 it's so interesting because I feel like now this doesn't go for everybody, but with talk therapy, I feel like it's successful for a lot of people. But for me, once you have a certain like level of self-awareness, it's really hard to kind of find a certain level of progression with the therapist. So I always just look to myself and my history and what I know mental illnesses I deal with, what was generationally passed down to me, what I was taught, um, like things from my mother and things like that. And I've always identified with those things. I've always knew what my triggers were and I was aware to those things, but 
it wasn't really like the work that I was putting in. Um, so something that really motivates me and pushes me with my mental health is journaling and just like recognizing my feelings and my triggers, um, writing them down and expressing them, meditating. Um, really like my spiritual journey is, I, it's just when I feel the most connected with myself and the most thriving. Um, and I feel like the word spiritual is just like such a big word, but for me, it's just being connected to myself and, you know, getting to know Sarah and what she likes and what she doesn't like and what triggers her and like, how do I grow from that? Um, so really just connecting with myself on a deeper level, because I feel like for so long, I shut that off. I felt like I didn't have time to do that. I would find excuse not to do that. Um, and just kind of put it on the back burner and be like, I will get there one day, you know, and it was one day for like five years. Like it was always Monday and then, oh, Monday mm -hmm. didn't happen. So next Monday. And yeah, <laughs> I feel like the mental uh, and spiritual journey a lot of times for me goes hand in hand with that, like dieting journey. Like you said, where you're like, oh, I'm going to start next Monday. I'm going to start on Monday. I'm going to start again, again, again. And it's for like years. And right then we start and then we fall off. Right. And I feel like it's so synonymous with dieting. So what pushed you to really like stick to working on your mental health and say, like, I'm actually going to continue working on this. What were some of the things that you did or what like motivated you to keep going in your mental health journey? I think it was just like that a little bit of progression that I got that felt so good that I knew like I could not go backwards because I know how dark and deep and ugly like it could get for me um and I just knew that I was done like it felt like I was procrastinating for so long that like I found comfort in that and like procrastinating and not doing anything to where I started to get more comfortable with being uncomfortable so I think for me, like just growing in that like weird, uncomfy, like space I was in and just knowing that like, you know, all you have to do is just be a little bit better than you were yesterday. You don't have to do a complete turnaround and look at yourself as like, you know, okay, you're here, you're it. Because I think I just humbled myself and realized like, I'm never going to be there. I'm never going to be at that pedestal. I put myself in my head in, but I could just try to be better than I was yesterday or, you know, like five minutes ago, whatever, like just trying to know that, like, I don't have to be perfect. I don't have to be what people expect of me, what I expect of myself, because the expectations that women especially put on themselves is like so unattainable and sometimes it is but I think a lot of it has to do with you know the titles that are thrown onto us and then the toxic dieting the toxic beauty culture and like everything that is thrown onto us as women we feel like we have to be at a certain level um and I'm just accepting that you know who, who I am today and what I'm putting in today for myself is just always going to be good enough for me no matter what yeah I love that so much I feel like like mm -hmm. you said there's so much like perfectionism that we try to get, attain as women, yeah. I think. And so a lot of times we, like you said, we want to be like full force into this. And then we are like, okay, uh, if I can't do a full force, I'm not going to do it. And right. I think that leads to a lot of burnout or, um, you know, starting over. And I think yeah. when we can let go of that feeling that like starting over feeling, we're able to like, like you said, okay, I'm better than I was the day before. I'll keep going. 
I'm better than yeah. I was yesterday. So I'm going to keep going. And even if you're not better than yesterday, at least if you realize something or you had like a, um, you know, something good that happened in that day, which you can always find, you can push forward to the next day. Um, right. I agree. Yeah. And for me, I'm definitely like a all in or a all out type person. Yeah. And I felt like if I didn't get that one thing checked off on my list, I was supposed to do today. Like I'm a piece of shit and, you know, just guilt tripping, guilt tripping and like constant guilt tripping. And I, I just, I cannot do that anymore. I think that's like another reason is like, it kind of goes back to like my um, relationship with food with like binge eating. It was constant, like, you know, a guilt trip circle. It mm-hmm. was just me constantly guilt tripping myself and not realizing that I have the tools that I need. And like, I might not know how to really get there on my own yet, but I just know that what I do to myself alone mentally is not something that I should bear or have to deal with anymore. Like I have to be better to myself. Um, so I definitely think it starts there as well. Just realizing that, you know, you deserve better for yourself, like what we give to everybody else. And like, so effortlessly, whatever love, attention, um, you know, compassion, sympathy, like we don't even have that for ourselves. Um, so that's just so important to me is just giving myself grace um, along the journey and realizing that, you know, my self-love has to start with me. I can't expect a therapist or anybody else to kind of push me and help me. And it's great that the help and the tools are there, but yeah, the guilt tripping and things like that is definitely self-sabotaging for sure. Yeah. I feel like, um, self-sabotage is like such a huge topic that we can dive into, but, um, (laughs) like that's it, it, it really is like over and over, like you said, the cycle, the binge cycle and, um, or any cycle that we're in when it comes to like dieting or mental health can be so toxic. And you said comfortable with being uncomfortable. Like you were at that point where you were like comfortable with being uncomfortable. And I talk about that a lot is that like, mm-hmm. we have these uncomfortable comfort zones mm-hmm. where we're like, okay, yeah, it, like it's comfortable here, but it's also super uncomfortable. And I think something that really brings us out of that and that I keep hearing you kind of reference is like, I couldn't be uncomfortable anymore. Or I couldn't be in that place anymore. So I know you touched a lot about, or you've uh, referenced a lot about your relationship with food. So how did that shift for you? going through the surgery and then what did you do to kind of like, um, to heal that? Because I know a lot of times people have gastric, uh, surgery and then they don't keep the weight off. So can you kind of talk to us about not only like your relationship with food and healing that, but also, um, what that, like what it looks like to keep the weight off. Cause I think that's a big misconception as well. Yeah. Um, so I feel like some days like I'm like, oh, you know, I'm good. I'm past that. Like I've had so many realizations during this journey, like even recently where like, I thought for the longest time, I even told my therapist, like, I don't emotionally eat. Like, that's not something I do. If I'm feeling down, like I don't, I don't go run to the fridge or to the, I don't do that. But I started noticing a pattern where when I was in a certain space, I would be like, oh, you know, okay, I don't have time to cook tonight. I'm just going to go grab, you know, the drive through. And like, 
there were excuses and I guess like things I was justifying in my head to kind of blind me to be like, oh, I don't emotionally eat, but I did. Um, and the binge eating as well. And it's, it was so hard in the beginning, like going through it. Like I was talking about it with my therapist and they were just trying to get me to identify, like, why is it that I started that? Like, how did that even start? And the conclusion was kind of like the isolation, how, you know, I really just didn't have anything being a stay-at-home mom, especially the two kids, you're kind of just feed in their mouths. And then whatever you can have is like what's left on their plate and everything. So during the day I could see the pattern of, okay, I'm not eating during the day. I'm just eating what I can, you know, throw in the microwave or grab off of their plate. And then at night is when, you know, I just go in and I feel like with the weight loss surgery, there's that restriction. And then there's that time period in the beginning where you're not eating like food you're like, for the first week, you're just drinking clear liquids. The second week you're drinking non-clear liquids, which are like protein shakes and stuff. And then the third week it's like pudding and like, you know, slowly, slowly, slowly getting you there. So it was mentally taxing. It was a lot to sit there. Um, there were times like complete honesty where my husband would get McDonald's and I would chew up the burger and spit it out and like not swallow it just to like taste it and have it. And that is a huge thing because that could turn into a really bad eating disorder, um, which is something that I brought up to my therapist as well. But it was just things like that, that I was noticing, like, you know, it's going to be really hard to get this surgery. But then when it has these limitations and all these rules and guidelines, you have to kind of be like, I guess your own your own like cheerleader, your own advocate, your own everything, because the doctors are going to give you the list are going to tell you what you need to do. But I just realized I'm going to be the only one to get this in check. Cause I can go to my therapist and I can tell them these things, but if I don't go home and like take what, you know, they said to me, that's not going to be effective in my life. Um, and I'm still working through those things. Like I get in spaces where I'm like, I just want to lay down and snack. I don't want to eat real food. I just want chocolate and maybe some chips and maybe just like things that I know are going to like just sit in my stomach well. And I don't have to sit here and like worry about chewing and eating the food because with the gastric sleeve surgery, your food has to be chewed completely before you swallow it or it's coming back up and, you know, stuff like that, which is also mentally taxing. It is a lot. Um, even up till this day, you know, I think I'm going to be 14 months post-op and I still get days where I'm like, I just want to eat how I used to eat. And I just want to shove everything in my mouth, but that wasn't really good for my body either. Cause I would just not chew my food and swallow it, just shoveling and shoveling. Um, so just really trying to work through those, like even to present day, um, where I feel like now I have a better grasp on the structure and the importance of learning it, but also like growing with it, because I don't think I'm really ever going to get used to it. I think it's a new normal for me, but there's still things that like surprise me. Like there's some food that like, I just can't eat that I like avocados is so it's so weird. I've always loved avocados. And now it's like, I just, don't like the texture or the taste hummus. I loved hummus, like hummus and carrots were my favorite snack. And like just the thought, I haven't even tried hummus yet, but just the thought of like the texture of the hummus, I don't want to eat it. And 
there's a lot of things with it where I'm like, oh, like, you know, I miss that and I wish I could have that. Um, and I try to, you know, rationalize with it because I think that food is essential and it is absolutely for enjoyment. It is not just for, you know, to eat and keep your body healthy and then you go work out. Like there's so many different cultures and food that, you know, how can we not enjoy those things? Um, so I do try to give myself a little bit of everything. I don't really time myself. Like they say, we can't eat rice. I eat rice all the time because I love rice and my stomach can handle it. And that's something that, you know, I've worked through is just figuring out what kind of food can I eat? What kind of food can't I eat? And things like, you know, the chewing and spitting out that was like short lived because, I just realized if this is a path I keep going down, this, I shouldn't have gotten the surgery. This isn't something that, you know, I should have done um, because that's a mental, you know, aspect. That's not really something that I should just throw myself into if I wasn't ready for. Um, so yeah, um, it's, it's a day in day out thing for me. I'm still working through it. <laughs> Um, the eating structure is very difficult. Um, and with keeping the weight off, I think it just depends on who changes their lifestyle and who doesn't. Um, I'm not like a crazy, you know, working out every day, every second of the day, making sure like, you know, I give myself grace. Um, even with eating, I, I eat as clean as I can, but I also know, like I said before, like there's food to enjoy that, you know, I can enjoy. It doesn't have to be, you know, which I don't even know. Cause I feel like it's toxic calling certain foods bad and certain foods good. Like it's just in my mind, I try to find that line where it's like not toxic for me because I feel like there's a lot of things within the surgery that does seem like a little toxic, like diet culture with the restriction. And, you know, you can't eat certain foods and things like that. I definitely get that grasp on it. So for me, I wanted to take that and channel it and make it what I'm going to work with, what my body is going to work with. And just figuring that out because I know I'm not going to go my whole life thinking that this is the way that like, I think that my doctor, my surgeon told me that chips are like, you know, like liquid fat and they're, they're this and they're that. And like, I get it. They're not the best food for you, but it's just when doctors put those little things into you and try to embed that into you. And then every time you go into the store and you see chips, you're like liquid fat, liquid fat. And it's like, no girl, you can have some chips. It's okay. <laughs> like, It's not that serious. Um, and with keeping the weight off, I think it's just that lifestyle thing, like I said. Um, and I think me just balancing what I can in my life at the moment, knowing that I'm a mom, knowing that I'm not going to be able to, you know, keep up with everyone else that doesn't have kids that are constantly in the gym or, you know, just doing the things that they can on their own that I don't have that um, exact time to do those things. I just work with what I can. Um, and to me, that is definitely keeping up on my mental health and my spirituality, having that time during the day for myself. And I just kind of talked about this on my story the other day with my anxiety is that I, when I, when, when my anxiety is very high, I just try to get to the end of the day. Um, you know, I take care of the kids in the house and like whatever that little piece is left is like for me. And that's just not true self-care. That's not me as a woman putting myself first. 
And that's not saying I'm going to take care of myself. And then, you know, the kids, I'll get to you guys when I can, but it's just prioritizing and making that time. And that goes back to what I said before about um, the procrastinating is that when I, my anxiety is high, it shuts me off and it's just like procrastinate, procrastinate, do what you can. And then whatever is left, you can have that time for yourself. And which is mostly like mindless scrolling at night, which is not doing anything for me. Um, so like just keeping up with my mental health and my spirituality, I just think that makes me feel the most connected that pushes me to want to work out and, you know, build muscle and do things that I wasn't doing before. Um, but I really just like see a healthy lifestyle, just being whatever that means to whichever person and how they can adapt that into their life. It's not, you know, working out, eating your fruits and vegetables and, you know, writing on a journal. Maybe not everybody likes writing. Not everybody likes fruits and vegetables, but there's other healthy food out there and, you know, like maybe not running. So I just think whatever you can adapt is what's going to help people within the surgery and staying, you know, in that zone and keeping that weight off and not regaining. Cause I don't know, like, I guess like, I wish I could regain sometimes. I'm like, damn, I lost, I lost a lot of ass. So like, <laughs> I wish I could regain like shit. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's like it, everything you said is like so many good points, right? Like the mom thing, or like, even, even without being a mom, like getting through that day, like you said, with anxiety and then getting to the end of the day and saying like, okay, now's my time to relax. Um, I did that for years, probably up until like two or three years ago. And it's so horrible for your mental health because you have that, like you said, you have that checklist and then you get your time to yourself, but really your time to yourself is like something that's not, not really self-care and self-care really. I think I was, I heard this recently that like, we think self-care is like bubble baths or like time alone or like, you know, the typical like, um, mom thing where they're like, um, oh, now I'm going to like have my glass of wine or smoke or whatever it is. And truly like self-care is taking time for yourself in small increments throughout the day Mm -hmm. and doing things that make you feel your best all the time, not just for the last hour or two hours of the day. Um, and putting everyone else first, even if it is your kids before you, um, that's not really truly self-care. Right. And, um, we're just talking on the first podcast I did today about how, if you're filling up your cup, you can overflow so much easier to everyone else. And, um, it it makes so much sense, right? It's like, okay, if you can fill up your own cup so much that it's overflowing for everyone else, it's so much more, um, it's better utilized. It's easier. It's more enjoyable for you to give to others. And that even comes into play with kids and family and spouse. Um, I wanted to ask you about your confidence throughout this journey. Um, because I think what a lot of people would assume is, Oh, you got confident because you lost weight now. So now you have confidence. Of course, it's easy for you to have confidence now, but I think I, I know how much work you've done on your mental health and that's very apparent yeah. through our talk. Um, so talk to me about how your confidence shifted and where that came from. Um, of course, I definitely think that for such a long time in my heavier body, like I would look at myself and I just did not see who I was. And 
it, a, a lot of it, yeah, of course, is the weight, but it's mainly how I felt in that body. Um, I'm very short. I'm 5'1 and 253 pounds. Like, you know, I think that there is just a huge misconception on like weight and size and numbers because there are beautiful, healthy 253 pound women out there that you know that's an, a misconception within itself within like my kind of page is that I love bigger women and I feel like I just did not feel the way that I saw other bigger women like if I felt that way if I could like feel what they feel I would love myself and I would love my body because I love their body and I love you know what they're doing for themselves because for such a long time like women just felt like if they were plus size, they can't wear certain things. They can't act a certain way. They can't eat certain foods. And like, there's this one story, sorry, I could like ramble on forever. This one story <laughs> I remember um, when I was bigger, I wanted Krispy Kreme and I refused to go in there because I was so scared of people judging me. Like, of course, you know, the fat girl's going to get a donut. And I would drive by there every day and just like have this feeling of shame and guilt and like just these terrible things. And like the women that are thriving in their bigger bodies, they don't feel those things. And maybe they do sometimes, but it's something that they prioritize to work on to know that they're not the issue. That's not the issue. Um, so for me, I just did not, I didn't feel that way. I didn't see myself. I felt, you know, I was getting knee problems. I was getting back problems. I was pre-diabetic. Um, my hormones were all over the place. Um, and I just could not see or feel like myself. So I think once I started to feel less of those things, and then of course, mentally working on what I had to as well, um, but really just feeling the difference in my body before even seeing it. I felt confident. Like, I think at even like, you know, 240 pounds, just feeling a little bit of a difference. I started to feel a little bit more confident. Um, and I started my page later in my journey, which is like eight months or nine months post-op. So even from like then and now I have lost like a bunch of weight. Um, and it wasn't ever really about, because if I look back, I'm like, oh, wow, you, you definitely have lost a lot of weight since when you first started your page. I never felt or thought about like what size I am or what number I am or what my size is. It was just truly like how I felt. I just felt better in my body. I wasn't carrying around the knee problems or the back problems. Um, and my mental health was just constantly being worked on. And I just started to finally, you know, see more of myself again, because I wasn't in such a dark space mentally and physically I had to mute myself because my dog is snoring <laughs> I don't know if you can hear it but um yeah I feel like that's what I really wanted to touch on because I think you hit the nail on the head when you said I didn't feel like myself or I didn't feel good about myself in that body because of my like inside um yeah and I think I was just talking to a client yesterday and she was saying she has recently had weight, some weight loss, um, very like slow and steady. And I asked her like, what made you, um, what feels like, how do you feel with the weight loss? Like, how are you feeling? What do you feel? And she was like, you know, I, 
I felt like at my heaviest weight, I didn't recognize myself. Like mm-hmm. I not even like physically, but I just didn't yeah. like, who is this person that okay. is doing these things like eating in excess and just like not wanting to work out or not wanting to do X, Y, and Z. Right. And I, I thought that was so enlightening when she said that, because I think we can all kind of like, you know, how they talk, it reminded me of, um, like when someone is like, um, an addict and they're talking about coming clean and they're like, I looked in the mirror and I didn't recognize myself, or I didn't like the person that I saw in the mirror. You know, that's like such a common thing that people say. And I feel like that in our bodies or even just in our minds, sometimes we can think like, like, who is this? Like, I am not this person or like, this isn't the person I want to be the person that's, that's being portrayed right now, or the person that's, um, that I've come to be is not who I want to be. And I think that's kind of like what gives us confidence. Like you said, um, like people in, um, women in larger bodies, they're working on that mental aspect of like, it's not me is not the problem. Like I'm mentally shifting to almost like feel confident, um, no matter what my size is, but that's all mental. Right. Exactly. No, totally. I agree. You mentioned that you, um, started your page more towards like the middle, I would say, right. Of your journey, like the, like eight or nine months after you got the Mm -hmm. surgery, your page is huge now. I'm like, um, do you think made you grow so much? Um, cause how long have you, can you hear my dog? I'm like, he's so, yeah, (laughs) I'm worried. I'm worried because like, I'm every time I drink my stomach's like, and I'm like, (laughs) yeah, no, you can't hear you. I think about that too. Cause sometimes I drink like carbonated things and I'm like, um, I can hear my like, yeah, but he's, he's exhausted because my first guest was here in person. And so he was like really excited. So I know. I wish I could have been there. Where are you located? Uh, Long Beach, California. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Like right Valley outside Life. of LA. So how long have you had your page? Let's start there. Um, so I made my first post. If you scroll all the way to the bottom, my first post was like May 30th or something like that, but I didn't start of actively. this year. Yeah. But I didn't start actively posting until like June 15th after my son's second birthday. So I didn't start actively posting yet until like June, um, mid June. Um, I don't know. I think that in all honesty, I had like a mission and a vision and I believed in it and I believed in myself and I believed in the like community that I was in as well. Um, I think that there was so much, one of the biggest things for me is that I had so much shame with getting the surgery because of the stigma. I felt like I couldn't share this journey I'm going through. Why does it have to be a secret? And, you know, on my personal page, everybody um, that was on there, like is who I went to school with in New York and New York people are so different. I was just like, I don't want these people in my business are judging me and all this stuff. I'm not going to post my progress. I'm not going to post what I did. And then I was just like, you know what? I'm just gonna, I'm going to go for it because the way that I'm feeling right now, there's another woman feeling like that. There is another woman hiding behind her screen or in her home. 
And she's done so much, even with the surgery, has done so much for herself that she feels like she cannot share that because of the stigma. And I get so many messages a day about that. Like, you know, oh, nobody knows, but this people, and that's okay. Like if, if you feel like that's what you have to do to protect yourself, like more power to you, that's fine. But I hate that we feel like we have to do that because of the surgery. Um, and I think like, once I just started practicing and getting better at reels and understanding what social media, cause there's, there's the authenticity factor. And then there is the playing the game of what these platforms want. You know, it's like, they demand so much if it's trending audios, um, you know, a certain, you have to be so niched down, um, to really grow and expand in a community or on a platform. And I kind of just took all those things and what I wanted to do and I just pushed it and just kept on. I didn't, I think the thing about something that I noticed and I could be incorrect, but something that I noticed within my community, um, the VSG, you had your VSG uh, patients or people that were just posting their before and afters. Then you had your educational VSG pages then you had your dietitian pages and like just just you know all different just different things and then like mental health pages and i wanted to be a source for everyone and a source for everything like i wanted to post my food i wanted to post my transitions but i wanted to post also what i went through personally on the journey um because everyone's journey is so specifically different even with gastric sleeve like right down to what foods we can and cannot eat, like what foods I don't like and what foods you don't like. It's so different. Um, so I just wanted to just kind of do something different and just be myself and show people like, I think that's the thing that gets me mad also with Instagram is like they push those transition reels so much that the things that I want to talk about don't get pushed. And it's like, I value so much more what's in here than what you will see. And it's great to have the inspiration to be like, wow, I can get there too. But I much rather have people like be made aware of what's in my mind than what I physically look like. So no matter what, like I will always just continue to go down that path. I think that there's a lot of pressure, especially with the fast growth. Um, and especially with moving and, you know, being a mom and being all these things, there is a lot of pressure with it, but I believe that within the time that I set out for myself and just doing things on my own time, not feeling like I have to perform or I have to be this, I have to be like an influencer. Cause I don't really even tie myself to that term or that phrase because I'm just a normal person. <laughs> like I'm just a normal person. Um, and it's great to be inspired by it, but you know, I'm, I make mistakes and I do things. I don't try to push out perfection to anybody. Like I think yesterday I did a video collab for Buff Bunny and they're like such a huge company. And there was a glare like shining off of the bag and the white things. And I'm like, I could really redo this and like try to mock it up and make it perfect. But the confidence I was feeling in the video and everything was so authentic that that meant so much more than to wipe off, clean my camera and go make a perfect reel for everyone to see, to see that, you know, I'm doing it the way it should be done. Because at the end of the day, like you're going to see the flaws, you're going to see everything, no matter what that number 
you know, next to my picture says um, at the end of the day, you know, like this is for me, for other women. And I'm not focused on projecting anything but myself, you know? Um, so that's really important to me. I think that women, especially like in these spaces that want to grow, that authenticity will shine through and, you know, just like how we connected and it was just like me yeah. scrolling through your page and being like, Oh my God, I love her. I need to be on her podcast. And then you messaging me. And I truly <laughs> feel like energetically when I'm aligned to these things and I set my goals to them, there's just no way that it's not going to happen because my intentions are coming from somewhere where I, it's not, um, self-serving. Like mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't want to do these things to serve myself at the end of the day, of course, like, you know, doing things to make profit and make money. That's one thing, but, um, yeah, just really just trying to be my authentic self. Yeah. I think that authenticity is like number one, um, when it comes to social media and people feel that, like you said, if people are aligned to your energy and your authenticity, then that's going to shine through and people are going to feel that and feel connected. Um, you mentioned the stigma around gastric surgery and can you also, um, like say what VSG, what does that stand for? Um, it's for vertical sleeve gastrectomy, I believe that's how you say it. So it's just gastric sleeve kind of just mixed up. (laughs) Okay. Okay. And so you mentioned the, uh, stigma around gastric sleeve and you mentioned, um, like kind of this, I think, what was the other word that you use? Like, um, I guess stigma. Yeah. Um, and not wanting to share your journey around that because of what people may say and may think. So what have you gotten any type of like backlash or have you gotten any type of like, uh, from friends, family or online about people kind of like discounting that or giving you that stigma? Um, I have seen a lot of it online. I think that like with my friends and with my family, I, I really, they are so supportive of me. I don't really think that there's much that like, I, if I say I'm going to do something also, they know I'm going to do it. So I think that they were like, also, they knew what I was suffering with for so long and my bigger body and with my mental health and with everything that I think that they were just so happy that I found some type of answer for myself. Um, so nothing from them, definitely online. Um, just that whole, the easy way out, you know, thinking that I did not put a drop of sweat or blood or tears into, you know, the process of this. Um, definitely thinking that I by me showing my progress with my weight loss is um, misleading, I guess, in a way that people don't like it if they come across your page and you did have a weight loss surgery because for whatever reason, it rubs them the wrong way. It makes them lose hope. It's like, oh, okay, Mm. well, I thought I, I thought I had a chance, but now I don't because, you know, my insurance doesn't cover it or, you know, I would never get that surgery or, you know, also the, the negative things with the fears of the surgery and the things that people say that they've been through are just, you know, things like that. Um, it's definitely hard. And at first I didn't know how to wrap my head around it. I just knew that, you know, I couldn't share it on my personal page because I felt like I, I was so afraid of that judgment of people just being like, 
oh, you know, she got weight loss surgery and it was the easy way out and she didn't do anything. And I feel like with those people, they, I don't know when you grow up in, so I'm from New York, but I'm from like a small town right outside of the city. Um, so when you grow up in a small town, it's just, I wanted to disconnect from that place for so long. And I just didn't want to give anybody anything else of me that they didn't deserve or couldn't reciprocate. Um, so going on my making this page and doing that, I felt like it was more of a safe space, even though they, you know, can go right on there and see everything. It, it just felt safer for me. Um, and online, you know, I think there is just a huge, huge misconception. I wish that people did educate themselves more before at least leaving like a hateful comment. It's like, you don't have to, if that's not like your, you know, your goal to do that, but there's so much that people say that it's just, it's just Google. You could just Google it and you got your answer because that was wrong. Um, but yeah, definitely with things being the easy way out when there's so much that we have to go through with these changes. Um, and it, it's definitely a huge life change. Like there's no reversing it. There's no going back. Um, so the dedication alone is, you know, something. You mentioned there's no reversing it. Um, so like you get the surgery and can you kind of explain to us what the surgery kind of entails and yeah. why can't you, why couldn't you reverse it? Um, so they basically go in, um, it's liposcopic. So it's very like, just, it was one in my belly button and like one right underneath my breast and then two on the side of my stomach. Um, they go on liposcopically and they take off, cut off 80. I've, I've read 80 to 90%, but I think mine was 80% of your stomach um, organ off. And then they make a sleeve with the rest of your stomach. Um, and it's stapled. Your stomach is stapled. And then they pull the rest of your stomach out of one of the larger incisions. Um, and I don't know. I, I think because... I don't think they could just like cut, cut, cut it open and try to sew it back on. Yeah. Um, it does stretch over time naturally. So like okay. what you can eat, like your portion sizes, they go up and they stretch with time, which is why a lot of people probably do gain a lot of weight, um, or gain the weight back. Mm -hmm. Um, because if you realize, okay, I can stretch my stomach out. I can make this happen. I can make that happen. Then they might take advantage of that and try to stretch it out a little bit more. That could be another thing um, because you could change your lifestyle, but if you're eating a lot and you're getting back to those calories or just, you know, the way you were eating before, you're just going to set yourself back into those eating habits and those eating patterns. And those are very hard to break, but it's kind of like an addiction. It's like, once you go back just one time, it's all it takes and you're right back into the swing of it. Yeah. I feel like that's so true. And like you said, um, you can, I, I, well, I first want to touch on the surgery that that is really, I didn't, guess I didn't really realize what exactly it entailed that they take out part of your stomach. That is yeah. really crazy. They take out part of your stomach. So that's why you can not, you can stretch it over time, like you said, but it's not mm -hmm. like you can't put your stomach back in there. Um, so <laughs> Yeah, it really is like, I, I really love that you're focusing on the mental aspect so much because 
like you said, there is that misconception or um, stigma that, oh, like you took the easy way out or like, I don't have hope anymore, which is just like an excuse for people to not, for me, that's what it feels like is an excuse for people to not try or for people to not, um, like it, uh, that is actually an easy way out for them to say like, oh, well you only did it like this. So I guess I can't do it at all. Um, but with that stigma around it, it's like, if you really know someone who has had a surgery, then, you know, like you can't, like, you can't, you can, but the surgery won't be successful without putting in the work. Right. And so I actually worked with someone, um, a long time ago who had the surgery as well. She, um, like took off and then came back and she, so I worked, um, in the cubicle next to her. And so I saw like really firsthand what she could and couldn't eat and how like restrictive she has to be, um, and like disciplined she had to be where she like had to eat smaller portion size and all these things. And I was like, wow. So that changed my perspective on the surgery as well. I guess I didn't have yeah. a negative perspective before. I just didn't know. Didn't know, right. And yeah, and I think that's where a lot of people probably are coming from. Like they don't know unless you know someone or had an experience or you've done a lot of research on it where you're like, okay, now I understand that it's much more than just like cutting off, you know, part of your stomach and then you can you know, it's just the easy way out. Like you said, when you were talking about how you knew someone, even so many people in this community that I know, like they don't know people in their personal life that had this surgery. Like, I feel like out of everyone I've talked to, I'm one of the few that actually like got the surgery because I knew someone that was successful Mm. with it. It is such like a hush hush thing. For sure. And it's so, it's so wild, but I'm sorry. (laughs) Keep going. No, I was just going to say like, all of this is so mental, right? Like all of our journeys with, um, food dieting or really anything, it's uh, all mental. So whether you have, like you said, you asked for help, which I love that you said that earlier, like you asked for that help, which is huge, whether you ask for help or you are going about it, you're asking for help in a different way or whatever you do to make you feel like yourself again, like it's, it is all about the mentality behind it and the intention. Yeah, I agree completely. Um, so now that you have grown your page and you're like inspiring other women and doing, um, all these things, like what is, what, what do you see for your future or what exactly like, are you transitioning to helping other women by doing like coaching or, um, like holding zoom calls with them. I'm like, I'm just thinking of no, what, you're what <laughs> like, what are, what is your next steps with this? Um, so it's, it's a lot because I told myself once I'm like get settled and I'm going to have like my plans and my goals and things like more organized and I'm still not there yet. So I have, I have a vision, but I just need time to really pinpoint it because I feel like with me, like I said, I could be all in or I could be all out. And I want to take my time with this page at this point, because I feel like it happened so fast and I could act fast on that and do things that maybe aren't completely like not in my character, but just not 
the goal, the mission, um, which is just to connect with women on a deeper level of them rekindling the relationship with themselves and finding themselves. And that is so, like we said, mental. And I want it to be something on a healing level, something of healing. Um, I don't think I will ever be a fitness coach or um, anything like that because it, it doesn't speak to me. It doesn't call to me. And I have a huge interest in working out and exercising, um, which I'm going to be sharing like more on my page. But for me, I just don't like connect with that. Um, I feel like I need coaching. <laughs> I feel like I need a trainer and I need coaching. So I, I feel like because, you know, the opportunity and the level is there and because fitness is in my name, that's something I could, you know, latch myself onto, but it wouldn't be authentic. You know, it's just, it's things like that, that I want to really dive into and identify because the opportunities are here. It's just what really connects with me on a deep level. Um, and things like this, like, I love this, like something like a podcast or something that is like, you know, just connecting women together is more like my speed. Um, and I feel like with the mental aspect and the healing aspects of the, the spiritual things for me are so to my core. And I think, you know, like on my stories, I do like goddess reading cards and things like that. And like, some people will be like, what is this? Like, I thought you were like, I thought you were going to tell me how to lose weight. And I'm like, girl, I'm trying to get you to connect with you first so you can feel like your best self on this journey. And things like that just like serve such a deep purpose to me. Um, I just feel like real and connected when I do those things. And the women that like, you know, oh, you've been to your goddess cards today and things like that. Like that shit puts the biggest smile on my face because I'm like, okay, you know, we're, we're connecting on such a deep level as women. And that is the biggest thing to me with this page for sure. Um, so I don't, I have a lot of things in plans as far as um, like I signed to a media agency recently, which was huge, which was big, um, things like that. Like the, the business things are happening for me, but like what I want to do for myself, I really want to digest and take the time to work through that and figure it out. So it's real. Um, Cause I don't ever want to take advantage of anyone or anything just because of like the number that I have you know like um there's like I said a lot of opportunity but it, it just has to click with me on a deep deep level so it's so it's real so it's genuine yeah I love that I'm so so aligned with that and just I was speaking to someone else yesterday about um how coaching didn't really feel that aligned to me in the beginning of my journey. And I think you hit the nail on the head. Like I, I love fitness and I love this, right? Like mm -hmm. I loved getting coached and I loved like the mental health aspect. And I loved like, um, like reading all about that and like growing myself, but I like coaching didn't feel aligned to me, um, yeah. for a while. And that's okay. Like it doesn't always have to be coaching or it doesn't always have to be like in this specific box. And right. I think when you come from the intention that you're coming from, which is like connection, inspiration, and like genuine alignment, 
like mm-hmm. the opportunities will present themselves at the time that they're right for you. And it'll yes. just be easy. Um, yeah. And so I love that you said that. I think that's something that mm-hmm. is not always talked about because we're in this um, era on Instagram where it's like everyone is a different type of coach. And right. it's so heavy and in saturated and not, that's definitely not a bad thing, but it also doesn't mean that that has to be the way that you go. Um, you can, you can go whatever route you want. And so it has to be aligned to you. Definitely. No, I love that. Yeah. I think that's so true. Like I, I, I just have so much trust, um, with myself and with time, like, like you said, like whatever's going to happen, whatever's supposed to happen, it's going to happen at the time that's supposed to. And when I feel me pushing things on myself, I feel the most resistance Mm. from myself. Mm -hmm. It's like, I feel like, you know, just wanting to like curl up and like, I need time to think it through. I need time because like I said, just being an all in all out person, you want things to be mm-hmm. a specific way. And if it's not that way, I don't want it, you know? Um, and it is, it is saturated, like you said, but I always think that the pot, especially like on social media, is big enough for anyone and everyone. Um, but like you said, if it's just not going to click with me, it might not. And it might in the future because I say things and then like a month later, I'm like, oh wait, no, actually, you know what? That might, that might work for me or whatever. Um, so it's just about growing and evolving and working with, you know, what you can, because like I said, I think there's so many things that I can dive into being on, you know, this platform with the amount of followers and everything I have, but I, I know, and I acknowledge that I have too much going on in here that I need to work through in in my real life and in my home life that needs to be prioritized. So when I'm comfortable here, this is going to thrive and connect more with my purpose than me trying to juggle all these things because of the titles. And I feel like I have to do it this way and Mm -hmm. the pressure of it. Um, When I think at the end of the day, like, the people that really do support you, your community and everything like that, they're going to show up for you regardless. If it's a month from now, if it's a year from now, like mm-hmm. if you're living your life and doing what you have to do, those people will show up for you. I'm never going to put myself on a, a time or like, um, you know, a time limit where I feel like if I don't do this now, it's, you know, not going to be good or I'm going to miss the opportunity. I totally think everything within time, um, just happens the way it's supposed to happen, especially if you're putting yourself first, especially if you're checking, you know, what you have to offer yourself, um, you know, those things, you're just more open, you're more aligned with yourself. And that's just going to make things gravitate towards you more. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Um, okay. We dove like straight in. So let's do, um, (laughs) do you have a weekly fave? (laughs) Do you have something you're loving this week? Um, let me see. Loving, like, like just in general, just in general, like anything, um, something you've been loving doing or just like a product that you've been loving. Hmm. Did I get anything? Let me think. I've just been like unpacking this damn house. So I'm trying to think, what have I been doing? (laughs) Um, okay. Yes. I, so we live on the base and we live right across from the airport. 
and there is just like this huge like I don't know if it's a river or whatever in between us and um, my daughter she's autistic but she loves airplanes so we go we put her headphones on and we just go there's a trail it just goes around the whole base in the water and we just sit there and we watch the helicopters and the airplanes and she has her earphones on and she loves it like it just excites her so much and I think because they're so close that it's like larger than life to her mm-hmm. um so just seeing that from her and just being outside because in Mississippi we were very like isolated we lived on the second floor in an apartment so getting them the kids the stroller everything up and down the stairs all the time it was like do we want to do this today no <laughs> um so now <laughs> we're just right out the front door we go right over to that park and right by um you know the water and we watch that. We've been doing that a lot this week. So yeah, no, I really love that. I love that too. I love being like outside has been something that I've loved recently is just like mm-hmm. getting out, getting that like fresh air. And like you yes. said, like seeing something larger than life, like, um, we're so close to the beach. So like going to the beach or something like that, where you feel like so small compared yeah. to the world. It just like puts things into perspective and it just, yeah, such a good feeling when you can like connect in that way. Yeah. Um, What's your sign? I have to know your sign. I'm a Libra. What's what's yours? I'm a Libra. I'm a Sag. I'm a Sagittarius. (gasps) I love Sagittariuses. Yeah. I love love them. I love Libras. Yeah. That's a good match for sure. You guys, you guys like Libras are just like trendsetters. You guys are just mm-hmm. like very <laughs> on your own path, but like very uplifting. Everyone, like people just look up to you. Like it's constantly just looking up. So I love that. Yeah. Sages are, we're crazy, but we're fun. <laughs> we're very, no, Sages are. yeah, I love, that's what I love about Sagittarius is, is like, they're open-minded, but they're also like very free. Um, like, always adventuring. I just, yeah, my yeah. Sagittarius out there are just my, my people. Yeah. I love it. Um, okay. So, um, what did you, I'm like, where, wait, where, where I'm is sorry. Um, no, it's okay. Sometimes yeah. when I do two podcasts in one day, my mental capacity, sometimes it's like fading. Um, oh no, you're okay. I totally understand. <laughs> and also like, if we, if you ask me a question, I, like try to answer the question, but then I dive into like two more things and then circle back <laughs> to the question. So I'm yep. so sorry. <laughs> no, you're doing great. You're do you do circle back to the question. So that's perfect. Um, mm-hmm. I've been actually, it's funny that you mentioned that I was talking to my husband yesterday about, um, I was telling him how I usually do like a lot of research on the guests before they come in. And while I do love that, a lot of my guests have also been like really close to me, have been like close friends or um, people that I've known for a long time. So I already know a lot about them. Um, But I was telling him yesterday, I was like, I want to go into these two interviews today where I don't really know the person very well. And I haven't done, I haven't done a ton of research on the person. Um, But I was telling him, I want to go into that to like flex that muscle of like um, just having a genuine conversation, listening, and then responding. And we were talking about how, um, I'm really impatient. So I'm like, Oh my God. Yeah, no, same. (laughs) (laughs) So usually with him, when he has these combos and we have like these, when we're talking, he does the exact same thing. He talks about, I maybe ask him a question. He 
starts on it and then he goes and goes around it and then he comes back. But a lot of times I don't let him come back because I'm like, okay, wait, I'm, I need to go back to the question. And we were talking about how that doesn't really allow the person to have a full complete thought and like fully express what they're feeling. And so it's not really good for podcasting or interviewing or talking to someone. (laughs) And so, um, actually great to make note of because I'm the most, I'm the most impatient person ever. Um, but yeah, I think that like, even like Libras and Sagas, like we are so expressive. So it's hard. It's like my husband's a Virgo. So he's opposite. He is like, (laughs) he is closed off. And it's like, I, I like want him to be more expressive and it's like, I might be too expressive. And it's, it's, it's definitely good to know that, especially looking into um, the podcasting that, yeah, like that's, that's probably something that I can make note of because I definitely, it can be too expressive sometimes and very impatient as well. I was watching um, old Joe Rogan podcasts and I was watching like Joe Rogan with uh, Kanye and mm-hmm. that podcast made me realize he is a great interviewer that they like, he He's, keeps him oof. humble into like, not even humbled, but like he keeps him grounded. Yes. He keeps, cause he had to keep on bringing him back and mm-hmm. bringing him back. So he but is he goes like in a round, like Kanye goes up and around and goes off. Like he doesn't even just go around it. He goes here. He makes a stop over here. And then he goes over yeah. here and like, it's, and even while watching it, like, have you seen that interview with him? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's so funny because Joe Rogan's like, you, they switch the camera back to Joe Rogan's face and Joe Rogan's face, just like, <laughs> kind of just like, what the like fuck? But me. he lets him finish and then he brings it back to the question originally or asks him to expand on a different part. And that interview really opened up my eyes to like, people when Joe Rogan said this in the podcast, like you, the way that you talk about things, is just different than a lot of people. So you come, but you come back to the original subject. And so I would, as I watched that interview and then I talked to uh, my husband yesterday, I was like, I need to be more patient and um, like a better listener. And then also like you know, I don't know. Um, but yeah, so that's able to like reel it back in. Right. Yeah. 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 No, I get it. Definitely. I think you're doing great. I think you're amazing. (laughs) And like, honestly, I knew, I did not know what it was going to be, but I just knew it was going to be great. And I knew that like our energies were just going to click and connect. Like I used to have like a weird anxiety, like when I would go live and it's just right before you hit that button or the record, you know, and it's like, you know, it's going to be up and it's going to be live. And I'm like slowly getting over it. But with this, I was like, I'm a little nervous just because I didn't know what, like, what are going to be the questions or what are going to be this or that. But I was just like, I don't even care. Like, I just know it's going to be good. I just know it's like the energy is going to be there. It's going to be flowing. It's going to be great. So yeah, I love it. Everyone's always nervous to come on. And I'm always like, literally, it's just going to be <laughs> like, it's just us. No, exactly. And that's what I want it to feel like is just like, it's a combo. It's just us. We're just talking. It's not you know, I don't even, I don't even like to really call it an interview because I'm not, I don't want to think of it as like, I'm asking you a question and then you're responding. Like we're just conversing. Um, but yeah, thank you. I'm, 
really working on my, I don't, I don't feel like I'm like a bad, a bad converser or anything, but I'm really working on, um, like fine tuning that skill. Yeah. I, it might be like maybe a little intimidation because you're so professional, like with the, (laughs) with the emails, with the reminders, like with your little, like I'm, I'm out of office today. like your email. Oh my God. That's so funny. And the, the, the gifts that you get and your setup and it's like, you're just, you're at a very, you know, at the level. So I think maybe that's my, where it be, but energetically, like I I had no nerves. I knew that like, you know, it was going to be great from like the first conversation we had, I was so excited. So yeah, you yeah. definitely have a great quality of like, you know, making it feel like, you know, it is just two girls sitting here talking about the things that, you know, women go through. And it's amazing that you have different women that are in different stages of their life or different seasons and, you know, going through different things and experiences. So I love that. Well, just like you were explaining with your page, right? You have people that are so niched and I never yeah. really wanted to feel like that. Like I was like, I'm so I'm interested in so many different things. Like I just had a girl on who makes, um, like, uh, cannabis, uh, accessories. Like I I have so many different things that I like to talk about. So why do I need to like, I didn't want to be just like, Oh, I'm going to give you tips on confidence. Like you're going to get that from the convos. And like you were saying, like, I want to be a source for multifaceted women and, and multiple different women in different stages. So thank you for seeing that. Um, what did you do this week that made you feel confident? Um, I have been doing a lot of reflecting because I have just been, like I said, in this weird space, like I felt like I started to do a lot of energy work before I moved. And then I changed whole different states, whole different areas, whole different weather, whole different everything. And I felt like that adjustment has really like impacted me mentally. And I'm feeling that pressure of get back to where you were and get back on track um, and just get what you have to get done, which is get this house together, you know, get my kids appointments set up, whatever I need to do. Um, And that once again has pushed me like to the back burner. And this week, I've just really been trying to focus down on reflecting during the day because I get very, when I have anxiety, I'm very impulsive. I'm very on edge. I'm very irritable. Um, And just in my day-to-day life, things can get just really stressful for me. If there's stress between my marriage, there's, I'm having personal stress. If there's stress with me and my kids, I'm having personal stress as well. Um, and you know, I know all those things are not going to be great at once for me. Um, so just learning how to like really reflect on the day, like, what was it that triggered you? What was it that, you know, and bringing awareness that writing that down in my journal, meditating on it, making, um, some type of solution for myself, because I think like, I'm always trying to find a solution to fix, like, you know, how is this going to change for me mentally? Um, especially with my anxiety and stuff. But just like, I don't know, I've just had a moment of just surrendering. Like I'm, I don't care what's the, what's going to happen is going to happen. Like, I don't need to put this on myself. And yeah, you know what? I was in a really good space before I moved and then I moved here and it's kind of confusing and the energy is confusing to me, but I just released that 
confusion and that anxiety that comes with it because it is such a huge life change. And I have so many amazing women in my life, like my friends, my family, my mom, my sisters that, you know, just keep me on my toes. Like, you know, you're always put too much expectations on me. Like I always put them on myself way too much. And this is such a huge life change that I'm just surrendering to all of it. And that makes me feel really great and really confident because I don't know. I think, you know, obviously makeup and my hair done in a good fit. That's great. But some days it's not like mm-hmm. some days, like today I put my makeup on, I did everything. And I was like, I don't like the way this looks. Like I'm going to redo it for like, you know, the podcast, I'm going to redo my hair. And like, I'm going to like, I just don't like the way I look. And sometimes like, that's not enough because of that anxiety and whatever else I'm dealing with the fit, the hair, the makeup, I'm still going to feel like shit <laughs> like, until I connect with whatever mm-hmm. that disconnect is. Um, that's what makes me feel confident because there are days where I look a mess, but I feel amazing and I love it. And if somebody doesn't like how I look, I do not care because I love how I'm feeling. Um, so that's the biggest thing for me is just really reflecting on my emotions and my triggers during the day and just, you know, not, not putting that pressure on myself anymore to, to measure up to either what I feel like I need to be or what other people want me to be, because I am the only person at the end of the day, you know, that has to be happy with me. Nobody else has to be. Um, so yeah, just really finding that balance and reflecting on my emotions and just working on that. It makes me feel so connected, so confident. And I don't think there's anything more that'll ever make me feel more confident than just being aware of myself and my emotions. I love that. And that's what you said in your, um, your questionnaire, um, was like centering to myself is what makes me feel more most confident. And I was like, I love that answer. Cause a lot of times people say like, you know, oh, like a good fit or like doing my makeup or, um, you know, connecting with other people or something. Right. But I loved that you put connecting with myself and feeling at center with myself because that's so it's, it's really true. Like you said, you can have, a, you know, your hair and makeup done. And those are all things that sometimes make us feel more confident, like elevated. Yeah. <laughs> and not to discount those, but right really at the end of the day, like what makes you feel like that overwhelming feeling of confidence, that overwhelming, like, fuck, like I got this, or like I had so much growth or whatever that it comes from being in tune and aligned with yourself. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. Um, is there anything else you want to touch on before we do like a little closing on that rapid fire? Um, I don't think so. I don't, I think everything has been so organic and it's just been so great that, yeah, I don't, I don't think that I can think of anything to add because I could go into a million things, but everything's <laughs> been great and organic for sure. I love okay. It. Okay. I love it. Um, we're going to do a little rapid fire question. Um, just easy, I'm, quick. Okay. I feel like I'm not gonna be good. I'm, I'm the worst at thinking like, on your on, feet? But yeah, no, I'm not good. <laughs> Um, well, they never we'll are rapid. It. They're never rapid. Cause I got to interject and tell my two cents on it. I actually, when I was editing the last podcast, I like took out, um, when I asked the rapid fire 
uh, the person and I started talking about, um, something and, um, I was, it wasn't rapid anymore. (laughs) It wasn't rapid. And it was the same thing that I had said. Like I, I was just, it was the same thing I said to the last rapid fire, uh, question response, because obviously we're just having a convo. Right. But I was like, okay, I'm taking this out because this is like 10 minutes of like, people are hearing the same thing from me again. again. Right. No, I'm the same way. I'm, I can be very repetitive. It's very hard. (laughs) Um, okay. So rapid fire, what is your favorite food? Um, like tacos, like shrimp tacos definitely has Mm. to be like some type of like seafood tacos for sure. Those are my go-to love that. Um, that is an answer I've never had on the podcast. Um, I love that shrimp tacos sound really good now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, okay. And what is your drink of choice? So do you drink, do you drink alcohol? Yes. Um, Bombay, Bombay Sapphire and lemonade. That is my so good. It's the best. And it, it gets me the drunkest. Like, so yeah, Jen. <laughs> it tastes, it tastes good and it just, it gets you there. So yeah. Has your Bombay. alcohol, uh, a bill, uh, like, so <laughs> can you drink as much as you used to? <laughs> like, uh, just no, say so what you're I, trying to say. <laughs> I can't, I can't drink like the same amount, but like I can drink. So like what they say is that like two or three alcoholic drinks, like equals out to one for us. Mm, um, okay. So we do get like, you know, more intoxicated faster. Um, and I think because of the sleeve and there's a weird thing, like with eating and drinking, we can't eat and drink at the same time. We have to like oh, wait that's right. a little bit. Um, so it's also really important to make sure that like you have food in your stomach still, before you're just like, you know, drinking the night mm. away. Cause that can be really not great. I don't drink that much. I'm more of a smoker. Um, I definitely, you know, vape at night when my kids go to bed. Um, that's my, that's my, I'm just more of a chill girl. I'm just more moody and, you know, just want to chill, but I do love like drinking. If I'm going out, mm-hmm. if we're, you know, grabbing drinks or brunch or dinner, like I want the drinks. Um, but yeah, that's my drink. I, I love, love it. That. Um, what are, if you're going to the movies, what are you bringing with you? Candy wise? Are you getting candy, popcorn, both? What do you, what's well, I already know I'm doing uh, the cookie dough bites for sure. That's my shit it has to be a cookie dough bites, blue slushy, blue raspberry slushy or mm. Coke slushy depending, but I usually go for the blue and popcorn for sure. Yes. What do you, would you put candy <laughs> on your popcorn or do you put candy on your popcorn? No, but I don't mind it. Like, I definitely like, like the chocolate and Mm, like the sweet and salty combo. I love that. Yeah. Love that too. I love that. Some people Mm -hmm. that I've asked that question, they're like, oh my God, I've never heard of that. Or like, I would never do that. I'm like, no, I, I I used to do that all the time when I, yeah, I used to do it all the time when I was a kid. Um, like for Halloween parties, do like the chocolate drizzle and Mm -hmm. the, um, what was it? Remember those like mud cups in school? It would be like pudding with like worms in yeah. it and everything. Yeah. Yes. Like, yeah. <laughs> My question was going to be, what was your AOL screen name? But did you have AOL? Did you have AIM? Did you have? <laughs> yes. No, I definitely, I wasn't, I wasn't supposed to, but I definitely did. It was, um, so the way I got away with it, like, it was, my, it was my, um, name, my last name, what is it called? My maiden name, um, like broken up. It was like, so my maiden name is Yusufer. 
Um, it sounds like Lucifer. It's Lucifer. <laughs> it's U-S-I-F-E-R. Um, I'm fully Italian and they changed the name once my family like came over from Italy. It was Uccifero. Um, and mm. they changed it to Lucifer. Um, it was like U-S-I and then like dog, like D-A-W-G <laughs> dog. You see dog like 617 because that was my softball number. I was either six or I was either or 17. So 617. Yeah. So I was either six or that. So I don't know. I thought that was cute. I thought that was cool because I'm from New York and dog. And the way that you said that. I'm like, yes. Um, yes. I'm like, it's going to be dog and coffee. And like, <laughs> I say things and people are like, oh my God, that accent girl. I'm like, I'm sorry. It's just, well, it's you don't be hear there. it until you say that you don't until you emphasize accent. it. Right. No, definitely. Um, okay. So last one is what is your best Amazon purchase that you've made this month? Ooh, okay. Uh, my kids' beds. I literally just bought them today because we got rid of their old beds. So yeah, Love making it. way for new beds. Yeah, so much stuff like in this house. So oh, that had to be replaced. So I think all my Amazon right now is just household new house stuff, new house stuff. But yeah, their beds for sure. Definitely like what I'm most excited about because yeah. everything before was like, I, like I would say before, with one of my identities, uh, with uh, my motherhood was, you know, the whole Montessori uh, mm, teaching mm-hmm. and everything had to be wooden and they had the wooden house floors and everything like that. And when we got here, I sold those because I was like, you know, she needs a twin bed now. He needs to get up off the floor. And it's like, it's cute that they're on the floor, like the beds and everything. But I'm like, they just need like something simple, something normal. And it's like, I don't feel like that was for me, you know, they didn't give a shit about any of that. So it's like, all that's for me. And I think that was something else me realizing too, is like, you know, you don't have to do those things for, you know, yourself as a mother to prove to yourself or anyone that you're a good mom, because if you Mm -hmm. get them a normal bed, they're going to fucking love you regardless. And maybe that's probably more in my like budget too. (laughs) (laughs) So it works out. Definitely. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, I love hearing people's Amazon purchases because everyone, you know, Amazon is so huge. So yeah, you can purchase anything on there. Yeah. So I love hearing people's Amazon purchases. So, um, okay. So tell us where we can find you. Tell us what's coming up next for you and, um, anything else you want to like plug. Um, you could find me on Instagram at sculpting Sarah, no H just S A R A. Um, same thing on TikTok. So Sculpt Dave Sarah, um, I do not have my YouTube up yet. Um, that's something that's in the works, but that will be the same name just for me. Um, posting like my shorts, like the, the reels and everything like that. And hopefully being able to like deeper dive into like me and myself and my journey because TikTok and Instagram don't make it really easy for you to kind of sit down like this and get things out there like that. Um, so I said for the longest, I wasn't going to do YouTube, but I'm going to do, <laughs> I'm going to do the YouTube. Um, and yeah, I am going on my kind of like more elevated fitness journey. Um, I'm going to be building more muscle. I definitely want to get into a space where I'm comfortable, um, and feel like I'm set up, which is, you know, very soon I'm turning my garage into like a little gym. Um, so it's more convenient for me and 
everything like that. So <laughs> I love that. I love this store. But oh, yeah. Oh, he's um, so loud. I love it. <laughs> um yeah, I feel like I love I love YouTube for that exact aspect of like being able to have longer form content and yeah. like allowing these conversations to be had and people it's interesting, right? How our brain works in social media too, where we're like, okay, Instagram is short form content, TikTok, short form content, like our intention spans are so small, but then when we're going to YouTube, we want that longer form content. So I, I love to see that content, but in the right, like on the right platforms, like you said, so I love that you're starting a YouTube. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so thank you so much for being on. I really appreciate it. Thank you for sharing not only your journey, but your insight and all the things, um, you guys can follow her. She'll be linked down below. Thank you for having me. This was so much fun. And thank you for what you do and the space that you hold for women, because it is so important. And it's so amazing to be able to go on these apps and, you know, find, spaces with women. Um, and you providing that is amazing. So thank you. Thank you so much for saying that. I appreciate it. And, um, mm-hmm. I'll talk to you guys next week. Thank you so much for listening. I'm like, my brain is so dead. Uh, don't forget to rate <laughs> you the podcast down below. It really helps me out. So until next week, don't forget to let your confidence shine. Bye.